0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. Amen. During our Advent midweek services and for our Christmas Eve service, so for four weeks, we'll be considering the Song of Mary in three parts. Today we introduce it. We call Mary's song the Magnificat because it is the first word in Latin for my soul magnifies the Lord. Today we begin with an introduction that focuses on the power and efficacy of God's spoken word. Let us consider what happened to Mary that brought her to sing the beautiful hymn that she said. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary to announce that she would give birth to the Savior of the world. The sight of an angel brings with it the reflected glory of God. This is not simply a dazzling sight. This would have been a terrifyingly beautiful sight. Consider the shepherds and their fear on the night when Jesus was born. They were sore afraid. But here we learn nothing of Mary's fright at the sight of the angel. Instead, we learn that it was the word he spoke that shook her up. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And a strange greeting it was indeed. The angel had said, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. What troubled Mary was the incredibility of it all. How could a poor, lowly, ordinary maiden with nothing special about her be called highly favored? How could she, a sinner, he told to rejoice and be called blessed among women by a shining angel. She was incredulous. This stopped her in her tracks and sent her head reeling and her heart pounding. Who, me? Impossible. But as Mary trembled, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. And This served as an absolution. For God to tell you not to be afraid means to say that your sins are forgiven, because you should believe him. Don't be afraid. Of course this is only comforting to those who are afraid, who know enough to be afraid of God's righteous anger. Mary knew she was a sinner, but the angel calls her by name. So God speaks to us, he calls us by name in holy baptism where he claims us as as his and from then on every pronouncement of peace and mercy has your name on it. That's what your baptism gives you. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And this is what it means to be forgiven. It is to have God's favor, to know that God is graciously disposed towards you. God doesn't find something favorable in us. Neither did he find something favorable in Mary. He found a lowly sinner who, in her sinful weakness, could not even believe that God would call her blessed. But to still her doubts, God tells her not to be afraid through the angel, and so with this gracious word, gives her the faith to believe that she is indeed highly favored. Though she finds no worthiness in herself, she finds favor with God. And where? Where is this divine favor found? The angel continues with the word of God, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Here, God's favor is found. It is found in the son she will bear. His name will be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. He will be great, the angel continued, and he will be called the son of the highest. See here? This means that this child is true God. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. See here? This means that this child is true man. Of the royal line of David himself and he will be great over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end he is God he has become man he who fills heaven comes to fill the earth by taking up dwelling in her womb to fulfill every promise ever made to the patriarchs and by so doing he who is both God and man will rule heaven and earth forever so then Mary said to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man. Now this was not a question of doubt. She was not telling God that he cannot do it, like what we heard this morning, kids, when Zechariah did when John's birth was announced to him in the temple. Far from it. She was asking God how he does it. How does he accomplish so great a thing? And these are good questions to ask this is what we encourage our children to ask what does this mean and so forth how does god not need the agency of a man to make a baby so the angel answered her question and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you god doesn't need man to accomplish what he will just as Joseph was not needed for the conception of Christ, so also your will and strength are not needed for you to come to faith. No, the Holy Spirit works without and despite your will and faith, your will and strength. By crushing your will and showing you to be without strength, he works through his word alone, teaches you to trust. The Holy Spirit is called the Lord and giver of life. But in order for him to give life to all of us, we must first see how he puts it into Mary's womb. He speaks. And when the Holy Spirit comes through his word, look who he brings with him. The power of the highest. The one whom the Holy Spirit placed in Mary's womb by speaking is the one whom he places in our hearts by speaking. The power of the highest, the one who once overshadowed Israel by filling the temple with smoke will now overshadow Mary by filling her womb with the flesh and blood of God. The same Holy Spirit who hovered over the deep in creation will now hover over the depth of Mary's womb, so that he might fulfill in his promise in creating for us a second Adam. He said in the beginning, let us make man in our image. And now he declares with his word to Mary that he has appointed and provided a savior for man who by his disobedience had lost the image he was created in. And this same power of the highest, by which all things were made, and by which our Savior became one of us, also overshadows us through the word of the Gospel. He is the Holy One of God himself who takes on flesh and blood to die for our sin. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He will be called the Son of God. This requires words. Of course, he will be the Son of God that's already established, but his works will make it known and our words will confess it as true. The same word that brings Christ to us also works the faith to confess who he is. He will be called the Son of God. You will call him the Son of God, your Savior now indeed the angel continues elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month of her who is called barren for with god nothing will be impossible with these words mary was given leave by the angel to entrust herself to the care of her older cousin elizabeth and so to all of this mary responded to the angel Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So if your heart is barren, if your heart is empty, if it is not because of old age, but because of sin, then consider in this promise, in these words to Mary, that nothing will be impossible for God, who loves you. Now consider what Mary does. One moment she's troubled by the angel, and now she acknowledges it. Let it be. And not, let it be, like what the Beatles sing. Let it be, let it be, there will be an answer, let it be. No, the answer has already been given. She says, let it be, because she has already been told why she is highly favored. It is for Jesus' sake. She says, let it be, because the Word has worked faith in her heart to consent to God's plan, and she believes the promise about Jesus. So we say, let it be, not as some daring, casting ourselves on the fates, like unbelievers who have no hope, but as those who know what God says, how he accomplishes it, and for whose sake he loves you and makes every promise. We say, let it be to God's promises. Now, our let it be is not what makes it so. Our let it be is what acknowledges with faith what God has already done and made so. Then the angel departed. But Mary was left with this promise and hope. The presence of the Lord remained with her. Through these very words of the angel, the Holy Spirit conceived in her womb the incarnate Son of God, just as the angel had said. This is how the Holy Spirit works. Through the word of God, the Holy Spirit accomplishes what God sets out to accomplish. When we say, thing, say that there is nothing impossible with God, we're not simply talking about God's mysterious workings that are hidden from us, nothing's impossible, but who knows how. No, we're talking more importantly about the specific promises that God makes. When God speaks, regardless of how impossible it sounds or feels, he accomplishes what he says. Now, if it is impossible that the seemingly simple word of an angel can be so magnificently powerful as to cause the eternal Son of God to be conceived in Mary's womb, then it is just as possible for Christ to be with us today through the word of a preacher. And so it is also certainly possible for the word of a woman to cause a baby prophet to leap in Elizabeth's womb. And that's what happened. But it wasn't the presence of Mary with the Lord Jesus in her womb that made the unborn John the Baptist leap for joy. No more than it was the presence of the Holy Spirit that caused Mary to conceive. Rather, it was the word He heard for indeed as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears elizabeth said the babe leaped in my womb for joy john heard the word it was the word of mary yes but she spoke the word of god john would have been none the wiser that he lay at arm's length away from his lord if his aunt mary had not spoken the word of the lord he was in darkness And this is how it works. The Holy Spirit works through the word we hear, even as we are surrounded by darkness and the muffled noises of whatever is going on outside, yet unborn, as it were. But through his word, he gives us rebirth, or in John's case, pre-birth. He believed while he was yet unborn. God doesn't tell us where he is present without his word. And indeed, he is already present everywhere, but the special feeling of his nearness is not what brings joy to the heart. No more than it was the nearness of baby Jesus that made John weep for joy. It is always the word. It is always the peculiar greeting of the Lord God through which his spirit comes to us with grace and mercy. Mary's faith is not what caused the Holy Spirit to conceive Jesus in her womb. It was the word of God. Likewise, it is not your faith that makes the promise of the gospel true. Rather, it is the word of God which is true that creates faith in your hearts to believe it. This is very important. Otherwise, we make God dependent on our faith rather than making faith dependent on God's word. Before Mary said, let it be done to me according to your word she said behold the maidservant of the lord likewise before we can give our assent to god's word before we can say amen let it be done as god says we must first become the maidservant of the lord so to speak we must first be chosen as god's vessel And know that he intends to deal specifically with us. God chooses us as his vessel through the word he speaks. Only once we have heard the word by which we are called to faith, by which we receive his favor and blessing, are we able to express our faith as Mary did and say, let it be done. First, know what you are. You are the perfect recipient of God's grace. You are a sinner in need. Behold, the one for whom Christ Jesus came to suffer and die. Then you say, Thy will be done, and let it be according to your word." Mary greeted Elizabeth. She greeted her with a song. Whether she sang it or not is beside the point. I was tempted to speak the psalm this evening because I couldn't think of a chant tone. Glad we chanted it. They're meant to be sung. So whether she sang it or spoke, it doesn't matter. It was written as a hymn. And it is this Magnificat, which we will continue to learn from, that that taught Elizabeth all she needed to know to respond to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth reiterated what the angel had said, blessed are you among women. But she exclaimed why this was so. It was because of what was inside of her. The Savior from sin, death, and hell. The Christ child. That's why she was blessed among women. Elizabeth knew it. So when we seek our own blessing, we must know it too. What will prompt our... Our souls to magnify the Lord and our spirits to rejoice is to know what is inside of us, who has made his home within us. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth was puzzled by this manner of greeting. It's a different question than what Mary asked. Mary asked, how? Well, through the Holy Spirit, who works through his word. That's how, Mary. But Elizabeth asked, why? Well, because God loves you. That's why this is granted to you. And God's reason is clear. And yet, far above us, he loves you. Just as God wanted John, who would one day point his finger to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, to leap for joy in his mother's womb, so also, God wants your heart to leap for joy as well. It was appointed for John to get his head chopped off for confessing as you children are learning to confess. And I don't know what's appointed for you, but he will cause your heart to leap for joy because he is sure and faithful to his promises. And he directs your heart to where John points us all still to this day, to the same Lamb of God who takes our sin away. Why does God grant this to you? Because he loves you. He wants you to believe his word. He wants to create eternal and divine life within you. He wants you to know that your sins are forgiven and that through the blood of Christ you have God's favor. You can't believe on your own just like Mary couldn't and Elizabeth couldn't. But the word of God is true. The word of God became flesh for you. He lived for you, he died for you, he was raised for you and he comes to you. He greets you with the peace that he earned for you. He calls you blessed and highly favored and seeks to make his home in you. He kindles his lamp within us through the power of his almighty word so that we can rejoice with Mary and leap with John. It's such a wonderful manner of greeting as this. Blessed are you who believe, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told you from the Lord. Amen.